she'd just walk in. <laughs> she'd, <laughs> she'd walk in and Russell would be like, that's your friend, that's your friend, and that's your friend. And she'd be like, okay. And she'd walk up and she'd be like looking at her hand being like, hi there, Brellamar. <laughs> Bullamy? <laughs> hey, Rarvin. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to R The Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if it was my naming day and I got to pick out an outfit, head to toe, black Balenciaga. You know? Just like, I want it to be a stunt and I want a cape, and I don't want it to be a dress. It can have, like... Like a skirt, but I have to also be in pants. Okay? Okay. Okay. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if it was my naming day and I got to choose an outfit, that means it's my literal last day on Earth. Oh, okay. And I'm wearing pajamas. That's so fair. I'm going to die in the most comfortable thing in the world. All right, well, that's that's fair. Thanks. I chose to go out in style. That's good. And you chose to go out in comfort. Both valid options, but yours is a little more valid. Thanks. Thank <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 604 of The 100, The Face Behind the Glass. Ooh. So, Robin. Yeah. Tutor boot. Um, I will uh, toot this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, although I must say that until like the last five minutes, I was e- extremely newt mm-hmm. on it. So, Hey, maybe we should remind people of the scale. Oh yeah. Since it's a new season. This is, um, the Tudor boot that we always talk about is the sort of scoring scale from the RuPaul's Drag Race fashion photo review on YouTube, where they toot or boot the looks from the main stage. Of RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. And, it's mostly, it's usually just toot, which is good, and boot, which is bad. Yeah. But occasionally, if they're feeling some type of way about something, <laughs> the best thing you can get is a shoot. Yeah. And then it goes toot, mm-hmm. and then it goes newt, which it means neutral. Yeah. Which means it's like, I don't feel good or bad either way. Yeah. And then there's boot, and then there's scoot, yeah. which means get the heck out of here because this out. is hot garbage. So I'm on the cusp of newt and toot because I felt quite newt about most of the episode, but mm-hmm. toot the last five minutes for sure. On rewatch, I think it was a full toot and then the last five minutes were shoot. Mm. Like that's how much I loved like the mythology that happened in the last five minutes. Oh like, my gosh, we have so many thoughts. Like it's such a shoot for me. Half like, my notes are just for that last five minutes. Yeah, so far like four episodes in this season is such a toot. Mm-hmm. And like I, we very rarely give out shoot scores. Like I yeah. think the only one that I really gave a shoot to was 501 because it was so right. good. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, this this episode upon rewatch, I got more out of it. And so I'm comfortable giving it a very solid toot. Okay, good. I'm I'm also giving it a toot, mm-hmm. just to be clear. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Also, we should we should specify that Raja and Aquaria don't actually use newt because Raja thinks that's cheating. I but yes, I prefer it. But it is um our podcast. Yeah, we need it. And this isn't fashion photo review. We just stole their scale. Yeah. So did we add scoot? No, um, originally it was Bless, but then um, I can't remember who it was on Fashion Photo Review who was just like, that doesn't rhyme and I'm very upset. And so they changed it to Scoot, I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's because um, it's our podcast. And, and not, not yours. yours. 
So, oh boy, thoughts from listeners. We love our thoughts from listeners. Section. Yes, and thank you it's to special now. everybody who um, used our hashtag, which we ask everybody to use. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use hashtag uh, AF live tweet for your live tweets and then hashtag the 100 AF for anything that you wish to be on the podcast. Yeah. So we appreciate everybody who followed that rule because now we know who actually wants their stuff on the podcast and who's just chatting with us, you know? I love it. Yeah. That's why it's so special. It's like now we have a dedicated section for that hashtag. Yes. So we've got quite a lot here. I'm really excited to talk about it. So the first one that we got was from at XO Love Leone underscore SS on Twitter. Okay. And they sent a little paragraph here that I think was really, really smart. We should have thought of it. We didn't. And now it's definitely true. Oh, I love when we're dumb. Yeah. Um, so they said, my theory is that there's an actual order in which the dead primes get reincarnated. That, <laughs> that one prime woman, who was Miranda, told Russell, would you be so calm if it was your daughter's turn? I can't believe we didn't catch this when we watched it, but. Which indicated to me that they all have to kind of wait in line, maybe in order of when they died. Delilah and Rose seem to be the only Nightbloods in Sanctum right now. Maybe after Priya and the Prime, Rose will become, Josephine would be next in line for the female Primes. Now that Clark showed up as the next Nightblood and that other woman already probably raised Rose as their soon-to-be daughter, this gives Russell the opportunity to semi-jump the line for his own daughter and make Clark the host for Josephine since Clark is already of age. Um, so way to call the whole plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, literally. That was, um, awesome. Yeah, so um, big fan. Thank you so much to XO Love Leone underscore SS. Thank you. Um, our friend Isra, who is at Isra Glass on Twitter, um, sent us a correction. Because we are really dumb. Because we're usually dumb. Um, Jupiter has 79 moons and Saturn has 62 moons. And the planet that Alpha is orbiting around is a gas giant. So lots of moons. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> the way. When we were like, how many moons does this have? Well, I went to grade six. <sighs> I, I didn't go to freaking school for anything actually at this point i don't have any intelligence our friend joanna at veridissima also one of those things with the paralyzing darts is that jordan is bigger than maddie and also gaia so the venom probably disappears faster oh yeah yeah smart there's a a number of reasons as to why that worked we really we don't know anything about science but we know that it's really good for us Mm -hmm. Um, a point from our friend King's Token, at King's Token, from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Clark and Murphy are a lot alike. Maybe that's why Abby feels motherly towards John, because she recognizes a kindred spirit. That one hit me where I live. Yeah. <laughs> I love this concept, because it is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely why Abby, and Abby also, like, sees herself in Murphy a little bit. I agree. So, yeah. Great, thanks. Uh, a point from at DC Jeffrey on Twitter. Um, my own mother. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, that's your mom. When the Sanctum residents talk about the trees getting you, I wonder if that's them referring to the children of Gabriel because they use the plants against you and with the camouflage they blend right into the trees. Yes. Interesting. I think that might be part of it. I think the other part is like the annihilation of it all where it like Mm. literally absorbs you into the earth. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, Our friend Lisa at Lisa Powell 92. I think the children of Gabriel took Rose and attempted to take Delilah to protect her from being primed. The guy who tranked Delilah and Jordan could have killed her if they are just trying to get rid of all Nightbloods. Pretty sure the COG are the good guys. Aside from the Sanctum people, recognizing Dioz's face, how does Kaylee not know who she is if she and her family saw her pod opening up and the guys ran to stop it? They would have been, holy crap, it's Dioza. She would have remembered that. Points were made. I... I think that's a really, the first point is really, really interesting about um, taking Rose and Delilah to protect them mm-hmm. because that totally fully makes sense. 
But then this yeah, episode, yeah, the case. this episode, it just turned out that it was like they fully were just trying to kill them. Well, Tosh was trying to kill them, but Xavier was interested in saving them. So yeah. I think even within the cogs, there's different divisions. Yeah, agree. So I think that's really interesting I because agree. could have killed her if they are just trying to get of all night bloods. They sure could have. Yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't. I mean, narratively, that's why. But but yeah weird and yeah kaylee and co would have been like would have literally seen charmaine dioza written on the cryopod so what's good but whatever um and then our big one that we've got from our friend lucia at lucia roseanne on twitter i don't think simone is a prime Turns out that she was. So sorry. Uh, It would make sense that the priming happened after the first Red Sun and possibly Robin Hood and Gabriel split. If that's the case, Robin Hood's wife was already dead. I think Josephine's still alive because she blinks. I don't think you can prime a dead person, that you have to transfer their living consciousness, hence death to primes. As a geneticist, I can see how the idea of primes would creep Gabriel out. I unfortunately think that this is not true. No. I think because, especially because after like when Faye, it turns out is her name, Mm -hmm. Um, said, like, you know what to do with, like, the bodies and stuff. Like, I think it's, um, yeah. We're we're still not sure exactly of the logistics of how they took their brains out in the first place. But Josephine was definitely dead by then. Yeah, I think, um, and and if not, there's no way that all of them were still alive when he was priming them. Yeah. You know, so I I think that they can, um, as a geneticist, I can see how the idea of primes would creep Gabriel out. I think that's a good point, though. And yet he is a prime. Right, apparently. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Also, I just realized if Russell's daughter did die and she was primed with Josephine, that would mean that Josephine properly died. The only alternative I could see is if they got her back to the compound before she died and were able to save Josephine, but not her. Hashtag rip, I guess. I do wonder if maybe everyone's brains were copied for the mission and that, and he downloaded the copies into new bodies? Ahead of the mission? Yeah. Before she died? Yeah, maybe. Well, when she wakes up screaming inside of Clark, he says, it's okay, you're not, you're not falling. falling. So that makes me feel like, you're right. okay. I don't know. We're gonna, there, there is, the key to this is gonna be the key to everything. Yeah. Also pretty sure Gabriel's not in any of the pictures because he's been removed because he's a demon. Oh, duh. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's... Photoshop. That's probably correct. Um, And then Lucia sent us a really awesome voicemail that's all about Bellamy. And she did the same thing last season. Mm-hmm. And so that's why she called it a dissertation on Bellamy part two. I love it. Um, So, and, also, and that is a voicemail. So you guys can enjoy hearing Lucia talk about Bellamy. Hi, Robin and Brittany. Guess who has Bellamy feelings? It's me. <laughs> uh, this was in regards to the psychosis bellamy versus actual bellamy uh it started off as part of the live tweet that i was doing and then that became way too long for a tweet so i put it in an email and the email became a bit too long so here it is bellamy blake a dissertation by me part two i read bellamy's psychosis as all of his fears and complexities that are mixed up with clark the beginning of their actual relationship post-antagonists was as co-leaders, who were pretty clearly defined as the head and the heart. P.S. This is a whole nother rant, but I love the fact that the head of the relationship was the female lead and the heart of the relationship was the male lead. Anyway, this is confirmed in the text with the you've got such a big heart, Bellamy, and I've got you for that speech at the end of season four. Bellamy did have Clark for that, for a significant and defining time in his life, and then had to learn to live without her, whilst mourning her supposed death. 
in many ways defining himself in relationship to her. He has to learn to live without her and lead without her, but he doesn't want to. And I think it scares him how much he doesn't want to and how much he wants her back in his life. I think the psychosis was a pretty clear indication of Bellamy's headspace. In his deepest, darkest self, He's still angry at Clark for leaving him and forcing him to become this new leader, no matter how we as the audience or even he himself view this development. He feels angry and upset, not only at Clark, but at the universe for putting them in that position. However, he's also using that newfound maturity and growth to actively try to forgive and move forward. A lesson that Clark herself taught him in Day Trip and that stayed with him for the rest of his life. He's also trying to process his emotions in as healthy a way as he can. His fears also speak to the idea that Bellamy isn't sure what kind of person he would be without Clark. She was such a strong presence in his life, both when they were together and then when he was trying to be a better leader for her up in space. And I'm sure he feels confused as to where her influence on his sense of self and identity begin and where his own begin. To have someone be that formative on your own identity would be absolutely terrifying no matter how close you are or how much you love them. Hence the, I don't need you anymore. He's verbalizing his need to distinguish himself from her influence. Psychosis Bellamy and actual Bellamy coexist in a way that makes perfect sense to me. The Bellamy we saw under the influence was an aspect of Bellamy that scares him and he's trying to suppress or change it. Something that I don't think we should judge him for. People seem to think that Bellamy's support of Clark in this new season hasn't involved a lot of thought on Bellamy's side, that he's just a Clark Stan. I think the opposite. That explanation doesn't account for the complexity of their relationship. I think Bellamy is trying very hard to actively support Clark because he wants to repair their damaged relationship and to clarify his own mixed up feelings through his actions. Season 5 took place over a couple of weeks and as far as the people on Allegis are concerned, they went into cryo yesterday. So all of those emotions are still very raw and painful. But Bellamy is trying to be better, to reach equilibrium again, without quite knowing what that new equilibrium is. To conclude, and surprising no one, I love and support this new and improved, self-reflective, constantly trying to be better Bellamy Blake. And I can't wait to see where he goes for the rest of the season and beyond. Much love, Lucia. P.S. If you want to chat, you can find me on Twitter at at Lucia Rose Anne. That's at L-U-C-I-A-R-O-S-E-A-N-N-E. Or on Tumblr at Little Oxford Street. That's L-I-T-T-L-E hyphen O-X-F-O-R-D hyphen S-T. Talk soon. Thanks. Bye. I, lo- I don't have anything to add. It was poetic. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And this was written before this week's episode as well. So, so, yeah. So, like, the fact that Bellamy and Clark even got to have a bit of a chat about this in this episode was really cool. And it demonstrates how spot on her instincts are mm-hmm. about Bellamy. Like, you completely understand Bellamy, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. So thank you to Lucia for sending us in her voicemail. Um, once again, if you have thoughts from listeners about this episode, go ahead and hashtag it, hashtag the 100AF, so that we know that you are looking for your thoughts to be on the podcast. And um, if you've got 
longer thoughts uh, slash want to do a voicemail, our email is aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. Should we get started? Yes. All right. So we are starting with all of the Dioza Octavia stuff and then obviously going into Sanctum. So basically outside of Sanctum and inside, inside. of Sanctum. Exterior, night, Sanctum. Yeah. <laughs> Dioza successfully starts a campfire and talks to her baby, but their conversation is interrupted by Jade on a cool motorcycle. They'll give Dioza's baby a life in Sanctum if she brings them the three prime heads and Rose, but no Dioza. Dioza's down as long as she gets a motorcycle. I don't have a lot to say about this scene other than um, Charmaine Dioza, like something like, what, seven months pregnant, yeah. riding a motorcycle uh, off to c- kill people. That's beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? I wanted to point out that Rose isn't Jade's, but Miranda did mention, like, literally last episode that J- Jade is, like, their guard. Yes. Like, Jade is the main one, which I love. The Jade is a lady. That's one of the things I think the Hunter does really well is just sort of effortless assumption that, yeah, she's the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Yeah. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So next up, Tosh punches a tied-up Octavia because the Cogs want to know how many Nightbloods are in our squad. Xavier is Team Octavia for some reason? Apparently, Gabriel wouldn't approve of the Cog interrogation techniques. In the first round of Xavier versus Tosh, Xavier wins, and Octavia and Rose live to see another scene. The thing that I have to say about this scene is that Tosh must have found a really good eyeliner. Because mm. top and yeah. bottom and waterline. Mm-hmm. You know, she was dedicated to that aesthetic. This is the weirdest name that we've heard so far on si- on uh, on this planet slash moon. Tosh? Yeah. You think? Yeah. More than Xavier. Uh, Yeah, Xavier's a name. So is Tosh. Tosh, T-O-S-H. Daniel Tosh. Tosh yeah, that's a last name. Well, do you think Tosh might be short for something? Yeah, I was saying like Tosh or Natasha. Oh, that's possible. Um, Me? Macintosh. No. <laughs> oh, Brittany. <laughs> Not... Not seriously, but I did think it. I was going to say that Geo was also kind of a weird name, but it feels like since we said that the Cogs were, and Cog is children of Gabriel, mm-hmm. um, we were saying that the Cogs seem to be like a newish type of thing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not so sure because, I mean, unless Geo and Tosh are big, are like their nicknames for sure, then it's like, it's like the Grounders and the Sky people. Like yeah, they had like, types of names. They just had like different names, which is kind of just like how it works out. So if, if their names are so different, then it makes me feel like they were, like they've been separate for a long time. True. Okay. You know? I can but, see that. Like I said, Tosh could just be short for Natasha, and she's dead now, so I don't know if we'd even end up knowing, but I thought she was yeah. pretty cool. I think once we inevitably end up meeting Gabriel and the rest of the- uh, Gabriel and the rest of his children, mm-hmm. we'll understand a little bit more about how old the society is, but y- you are right. They do have a different naming system. Yeah. Um- but it's interesting that the Cogs don't even know if Gabriel's alive. Yeah, like... It's like if, if anybody was going to, it was going to be them. Like, are they just doing all of these things in the vague hope that Gabriel will approve? Who knows? Um, I do want to note that the anomaly was brought up brought up again. Yeah. Brought up again. That's um the thing that was in Murphy's card in the... um Or Richard's card in the intro. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's on Richard's card. Yeah. And there was another one that we haven't talked about yet that Penny, who was also one of our listeners, brought up. Penny Shepard, P. Shepard 23. P. Sherman 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Mm. Offering Grove. Offering. Offering Grove. That's a worrying grove. Mm-hmm. What are you offering? Penny says, can't wait to see Ritual. Will they offer children, primes, perform Ritual at Harvest Festival, chants, mantras, 
So many theories slash thoughts with this show. Well, considering they had a tiny offering where there was blood in it in the school. Yes. I'm guessing that it's going to be um, like a child offering. Ugh. I don't like that. Yeah, me either. Um, but what, what do you think the anomaly is? Well, we talked about the anomaly in 601. It was that um, huge scientific thing that I started figuring out, which is oh. it's essentially um, concentrated northern lights caused by some kind of geomagnetic storm. Okay. So who knows what goes what goes on when you go inside it. Anomaly is also what happened in the movie Annihilation. So when you cross from our world into the anomaly, everything started to get a little backwards. So the trees were alive, for example. Um, there was a lot of odd creatures. So it was our world, but more, it was like it, it was our world infested with organicness. So I think that's probably what they're going for here. Jason Rothenberg said that it was, an Annihilation was an influence organicosity i'll allow it cool um interesting that they call or tosh called xavier errand boy that's a very us thing to say errand boy errand boy feels like someone's called murphy that at some point so classism am i right mm, yeah mm -hmm. okay so next scene xavier drops a bag conveniently close to octavia and offers rose some nasty looking food which octavia rejects on her behalf octavia grabs a knife from the bag and cut to cut she and rose's rope I mean, I feel like there's no doubt, especially after seeing the scene later, Xavier did this on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knew that even though he was going up against Tosh a couple times, he was eventually going to lose. Yeah. So he was like, mm, I'm going to let him go. Why? I mean, I feel like the CW answer is, she's so pretty. Oh, my God. I'm going to let her go. But, um... I think the same way that Killian is like, not all of us agree with what, uh, the, like, deity... Mm -hmm of the primes Xavier could be that guy in the um in the cogs because um like I just said I, it seems like it actually does go back like a pretty far away and so he could have been raised in this one rather than in sanctum and he could be he could be the outlier so that actually makes me think about Riker yeah because Riker has that same sort of attitude towards the primes as he's kind of weary of the way they've been doing things and I mean Riker has the added bonus of being 200 plus years old right yeah. so it could be that these two characters in particular might be allies to our main characters mm. so i'm excited to see how that works next scene the cogs slowly turn on xavier and come to see tosh's side which involves killing a kid what a super neat and well-adjusted group of people they are everyone discovers that octavia and rose are gone thanks xavier so i feel like if they were actually good at having hostages, they would have had at least one person watching them. You know? <laughs> By the way, just so you know, that rope is, like, a really good rope, and you shouldn't try and, like, cut through it or anything. Bye! Yeah, he's like, hey, um, you'll sever your arteries before you get through it. And then Octavia's like, oh, good thing you left me a knife. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. Thanks. So, the last scene here. Rose and Octavia make a run for it. Octavia tells Rose that fear is a demon and she has to slay her demons. They get caught in the middle of a firefight between the Cogs and Dioza and Jade and Rose is killed. Octavia vows to hunt Xavier down and Dioza cuts a deal to kill Gabriel in exchange for her baby's safety. She and O have to team up now. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Mm. So much to say about this scene. Mm -hmm. Why don't you start? Sure. Um. So in the subtitles on Netflix, Rose calls Octavia mommy. But I listened to it and what she says is, I can't run anymore. Oh, okay. She says, like, I can't, I can't run anymore. Uh-huh. But I think the Netflix subtitle said, I can't run 
mommy or something like that. But I was like, I don't think that's what she said. I don't think. So um, I went ahead and listened to it myself and uh, no. Yeah, no, I don't think that's uh, right. So anyway, um, Netflix, stop trying to confuse everybody. Um, obviously Octavia learned this strategy from Bellamy. We saw it in like heckin' the Sister's Keeper. Yeah. Like way back. Uh, didn't work great on Charlotte though. Obviously. Yeah. I was gonna say, doesn't this advice end up in the death of two little girls? Hmm. So maybe this is bad advice. Oh. Maybe. Um, almost an honorable mention for favorite line award for me was Dioza saying, nice stick. I love her. Mm-hmm. Octavia kills Tosh, but Tosh has already killed Rose. So what do you think about the fact that this show is just completely unafraid to kill kids? Yeah, it's been a while. No, it sure hasn't. Ethan just died. Oh, right. Well, 200 years, like 125 years ago, but still. But like a show on the CW continuing to just be like, oh, we're going to straight up murder kids. Yeah. That's, um, I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking, but it is new. Mm -hmm. It's new. Mm. So I don't think it's good or bad, but I think that it's an interesting commentary on the way that the CW views the hundred, which is you can basically do whatever you want except for swear. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, Octavia vows to kill Xavier. I'm like, didn't he set you free? Yeah, but of course she's like, by that I mean I'm gonna go find him and ask him questions. And I mean, I think that- And there's gonna be a monologue. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I think that this is yet another example of why Octavia- I mean, I think it's an example to Octavia of why she shouldn't care about anything. Mm -hmm. Because- For a hot second, she put someone else before herself, and that person was immediately murdered right in front of her eyes. Mm. She wasted her time again. Like, why care about anything if it's going to be taken away from you? Right. So I think, if anything, this will give Octavia something to fight for, but I think it will also make her more ruthless and more bloody than ever before. Okay, so I don't really know how to bring this up. I don't know how much of this is, like, purposeful, Mm -hmm. but... There are lines in this episode that are pretty seriously just, like, almost word-for-word lines from Lost. Mm -hmm. Octavia says their leader is some old man. From what I heard, they don't even know if he's dead or alive. In an episode of Lost called Jughead in season four. Jones? Yeah. In season four, um, no spoilers, there's this character who is fully prepared to just completely underestimate John Locke. And this character says, their leader is some sodding old man. What, you think he can track me? You think he knows this island better than I do? Mm. And of course, it's John Locke. Which makes me think that this old man, this sodding old man, <laughs> is is not going to be as easily taken down as Octavia thinks he is. Oh, has anyone ever said easy peasy before? No, oh On my god, show? though. Millennial. Millennial, Millennial AF. Dioza is millennial. She said easy peasy. I love that she's really breaking out like the 90s, early 2000s phrases. Yeah. It, it makes me feel at home. Big it makes fan. me feel safe. Big fan. Cool. I feel safe with this scary terrorist lady. Mm. Um, I want to point out that Dioza is who Octavia wishes she could be, which is a bad bitch. Mm. And okay, so Marie's doing a great job, just for the record. But I was laughing on my rewatch because when she has covered herself in all of their clothes and she like stalks up to Dioza. She walks with her head down and has her hair hanging in front of her face. And I'm like, Octavia, your scene phase is going great so far. Mm. Like, she is so intense and she thinks she's so emo and so tortured. And she is, but she really likes to wear it. Whereas Dioza's like, kid, I've seen some stuff. You gotta take stuff less seriously, okay? Mm. Let's be friends. I just think 
I think it's going to be good. This is going to be a p- good plot line. Are you ready to go inside Sanctum? Sure, but first, can you tell me what Patreon is? Cool. Actually, I can. Patreon is a service that you can donate to monthly to donate to your favorite creators. So, like, I don't know, this podcast called The Aficionados? I think they have a Patreon at patreon.com slash theaficionados. And if you want, you can donate, like, starting at a dollar. A dollar a month? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Whoa. And it's, like, it's a real good deal because you get access to the podcast, like, a day early. Wow. And all of the money goes towards our server costs because we have five podcasts and it's really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what if I can't donate? Oh my god, that is so okay. Word of mouth, just tell other people about this podcast that you enjoy listening to. That's cool too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go into Sanctum now. Cool, let's go inside th- Sanctum. Okay. So Russell and Simone prune flowers and talk about Rose. Symbolism. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Rose, uh... Uh, yeah. yeah. Simone wants to cancel naming day because it's clear they have a mole in Sanctum. Gee, I wonder who that was. And Russell isn't keen on that. Also, they both super hate Gabriel. It occurred to me as I was talking that keen and keener are canadian things what yeah uh apparently americans don't say that i've heard i've heard english people say that oh well then why does that's english not know- slang okay so Amer- uh, some americans that i've met just don't know what i'm saying when i say those words then i guess the american that i've met is sam and i date her she doesn't know anyway um if you're american sound off you know what the word keen means yeah I don't have anything to say about this scene, actually. I do. Okay, go ahead. Um, so naming day doesn't have anything to do with the eclipse or her birthday, I guess. Yeah, it's just um a day they picked. I know why he do- doesn't want to wait. Why? Because it's clear that the cogs are trying to kill Nightbloods. Mm-hmm. And if Delilah gets killed before they can put Priya in her, then they have to wait for another Nightblood for Priya to go in before he gets Josephine back. Oh my god, so Priya would then end up in Rose. That would knock- yeah. So if they put Priya in Delilah today, and then Priya dies, then he'll be like, oh no, looks like you're at the back, back of, of the, the line. line! You know? Yeah. So that's what I think that is. Oh, um, you are so correct. Yeah. Um. Also, they say uh, Gabriel wins. They don't know if he's alive. No one knows who- if he's alive. They're fighting a war against a guy they don't even really know is living. This is going to have a lot more nuance when we know more about Gabriel. But as of right now, it's just kind of like, okay, looks like nobody really has much information on him. I mean, as of right now, it looks like they're fighting against a teenage, like, science nerd. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they're doing. I was like, okay, guys. I wonder if now that we have Josephine inside of Clark, slash just plain Josephine, Mm -hmm. um, if we'll have some more insight on him. Because she actually knew him slash um, made out with him a bunch. And I mean, what if she secretly sympathizes with Gabriel? What if she sim- what if she like secretly is like still in love with him? I have I literally have two theories about this. Okay. Either she was in love with him and their affair was forbidden, or he pushed her off a cliff. Mm. Honestly, I think it's one of two things. Gotcha. Next scene. Jordan and Delilah unburden themselves, so they talk about Monty and Harper. Jordan feels guilty for going into cryo and leaving them behind, but he also got a life that he wanted. He and Delilah bang. What a full day for them! (laughs) Brittany. (laughs) I know what's coming. We talked about this last episode. Mm -hmm. There is no other explanation to how the Lightborns knew about Clark and Mount Weather and everything, Mm -hmm. unless Delilah fully betrayed Jordan's trust and told them what happened. Yep. Like, she was the only one who was there. Yep. If anybody else can think of, 
another way that that could possibly make sense, then please let me know. But mm-hmm. as of right now, I'm just a little confused as to why the show is ignoring the fact that Delilah fully betrayed Jordan and they're acting like like nothing happened. I and think- he knows. And he oh, knows yeah. that she bet- she betrayed him. So, like, what's going on here? I think that maybe we were meant to assume that he talked to a couple people and Delilah wasn't the one to betray him, but that he kind of just talked to everyone. Either way, she's like gone now. So it's like, yeah, I guess we won't get anything about that. You know what? You know what? It's because Murphy wasn't here to tell him off. That's so weird if he would be like, just trying to be friendly. Like, hi, nice to meet you. Did you know my friend Clark is a mass murderer? Yeah, it's a really weird way to make friends, but he doesn't know any differently. He, like, literally brought up in this scene, he was like, remember how I told you this very small aspect of my life? Yeah. And she's like, yep, I remember, because that's all they've been doing, I guess, is just chatting. But, um... Um, it was interesting that Jordan said that it was his decision to go into cryo. I think everybody assumed that it was Monty and Harper who were like, okay, you're going into cryo yeah, now. Yeah, I thought that- So that you can live. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting, um- Revelation? Sure. Cool. I think it was a different word in my head, but that one works too. Okay. Um, also, I thought- <laughs> Oh no. First of all, they just don't want me to have nice things, Brittany. They don't no. want me to have Ace Jordan, which is literally like my only real wish for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was funny that, first of all, I, Delilah's sex decisions confuse me. Because last yeah. episode I was like... He's an adult virgin. It's your last night in the world and you're gonna... Okay, whatever. But either way, this this is even weirder. Because she's like, oh my god. I'm so turned on by the fact that you're so guilty about your parents and you're only talking about your parents who are dead now. Let's Ooh, get it on. Yeah. What are you doing? I was like, you, you have... That's an aphrodisiac? That's not cute. Girl, what? I don't know. I, I, I think Delilah's so cute and precious, but I was like, um, I kind of just want to hear more about Jordan's time with Monty and Harper. Yeah. I understand that you want to take your top off yeah. because you're going to have <laughs> her only move. <laughs> That's her only move. She's like, you know what? That's really the only move she needs. She's just like, yeah. hey, boobs. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's my only time. I, I, yeah. That, I, I haven't seen those before. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan. Come on. He's so simple. But in like a really nice way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, he's not even that simple, but I mean, he's easily persuaded. You know when he was talking about how everyone in Cryo were the faces behind the glass? Yes. And Delilah says, don't let me be a face behind the glass. Yeah. How does Jordan have any control? Yeah. Also, it's like a face behind what glass? It, it was Priya's a metaf- eyes? It was a metaphor, but I guess, yeah. Like, can we take that as something? Russell says to Clark, like when she's all per- paralyzed paralyzed wow um no paralyzed paralyzed for sure yeah we're intelligent um the mind is erased but you have a theory that the mind is i think that either the mind is like my theory last week was that the mind is stored on those computers in there or that they're not erasing the consciousness they're suppressing it and Mm. a more powerful one takes its place gotcha I did originally think, based on, like, my assumptions about, like, what they did in Star Trek with this plotline, that they would maybe share the brain. Um, but I don't think, obviously, that's not the case, because Josephine fully took Clark over and Priya yeah. took Delilah over. But mm-hmm. I think it depends on how strong the brain is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you did it willingly. But we shall see. Next? Yeah. 
All right, so um, do you want to go to a party? Not usually, but uh-huh. okay. Yeah, okay. So um, we're going to go to the Sanctum party. Um, and it has baked goods, so you know that it's a good party. Everyone thinks that Clark is a hero, including Delilah. Killian the hot doctor wants to check Clark out in more ways than one. He lets us know that we're not going to see Abby this episode because she's locked herself in the medical library so that she can save Kane. I stand. Killian now knows Clark has black blood, so that should be fine. Raven makes fun of Jordan for getting laid a bunch, then finds her a new girl crush, an actual mechanic Priya. Clark and Maddie want a fresh start, but that doesn't mean Maddie can go to regular school. Because being Commander means that she has to train with Gaia. That was her decision, so she has to see it through. Raven wants to bail on the ceremony and hang out with Murphy and Amori, but Clark says nah. So she goes to get drunk instead. So much happened in this one scene. I love how Raven's like, haha, Jordan, you're dating you're dating this girl. Meets looks at one picture of Priya. Now I'm dating that girl. <laughs> Same girl, different brain. She's like, she used to be your girlfriend. No, she's my, my girlfriend. girlfriend. Um, a good cookie can change your life. That's just this guy. That's just correct. I think that that guy is um, Delilah's dad. You think? Yes, I think Bly Van and Cookie Man, <laughs> that's what I named them, are Delilah's parents because they're um, standing behind her okay. at the like little assembly thing and they're like step forward a little bit and she also like hugs her. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure those are her parents. Okay. Either way- I wish my dad was Cookie Man. I love my dad. He needs to make more cookies, He's not a baker. No, he's not. We get Josiah, which is another Bible name. Mm Mm-hmm. It sure is. Um, we don't- Is that Cookie Man's name? Might be. I'm gonna make it true. Okay. That's Josiah and Blythan. Blythan, obviously, is the name of, uh, I believe she's now the new writer's assistant on the show, but she was Jason Rothberg's assistant. Delilah's parents. Yes. I feel like they should be sadder. Like, I know that this is, like, a big deal and it's a- it's a- it's a it's an honor. honor, yeah. It's a big, big honor because hello, look at what we birthed. It's a night, night blood. blood. Um, but I would still be sad if you're like goodbye, daughter. Yeah, that I have raised for 21 years. Bye bye. Yeah, 21 years of your personality's gone, and you don't even cry. How brainwashed are these people? It, her being 21, other than 18, makes me feel a lot better about her relationship with Jordan because I was a little worried about that. True. Um, but also, uh, that doesn't always work out. Being 21 and 26, you know. Yeah. I know that life. <laughs> Robin's like, um, I was burned. And it's not great. Why can't Maddie go to school? I was literally just about to say, so I have thoughts on this. Clark is such a mom. She literally says to Maddie, you chose to be the commander. So you got to stick to it, kid. You made a decision I didn't agree with, but I'm not going to let you go back on it. I have, I have heard that lecture before. I don't understand why that means she can't go to school. Because she's precious cargo. No one can find out that she's a nightblood. Yeah, but if she doesn't go to school, then I'm suspicious of her. I don't know. I'm like, what's so special about this girl? Go to school. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I think because she's the commander, she, until she learns how to control what's going on in her head, it's safer to keep her where not only Clark can keep an eye on her, but people who know about what the flame does can keep an eye on her. Mm. So the safest place for her is with Gaia. Yeah. She could go to school and the shade header could be like, kill everyone. Maddie would be like, oh, oh, what am I doing? Exactly. Yeah. Like what if she has, some, what if she starts meditating somewhere or during, in the middle of Tai Chi, mm. she starts doing Tai Chi and goes into like a peaceful state and shade is like, hey, what's up? A little moment that I love, because I really loved it. This episode's full of like little character moments 
moments that I think uh, previous seasons didn't have as much, and so far the season's really crushing it. Um, when Jordan covers Maddie's ears, mm-hmm. adorable. Mm. I love that we get to see um, not only those character interactions, but how much the cast likes each other. Shannon said at Unity Days that he thought that Maddie and Jordan would be, like, good friends, and that that wasn't the case, and I'm just waiting for that to be true. Yeah, because so far they're they're hilarious and cute together. Yeah. I think probably they'll be split up for a lot of the season after this. I also really appreciate that um, in this scene, um, we are told that Abby, Murphy, and Amori would not be in the episode, but that doesn't mean we've forgotten where they are. Yeah. And it feels more plausible than in season four when characters would just disappear and it was always sleeping. They were taking naps in Becca's lab, which was bad. Those, yeah. Were we told where Maxon is? We were not told where Maxon is. What do you think they were doing? Probably the same thing. Jackson was probably with Abby. Oh, yeah. D- yeah. Eh. Yeah. I'm going to pretend that. I'm going to pretend that's true. Okay. Next scene? Yeah. All right. It is confession time. Hey. They observe the four pillars of sanctum. Repent, renew, rejoice, and rebirth. Claire's upset. Claire from Metastation, deeply upset because um, one of them is a noun and all the other ones are verbs. Mm-hmm. And she has said it multiple times. Yeah. She um, is passionately upset about this grammatical quandary. Yeah. I just don't like it because I don't like the way it sounds. Mm. Robin has a good joke about it. Oh, you can check my Twitter for my hilarity, uh, my hilarious live tweets, which basically, it's not as funny when I, when I I repeat it, but repeat, (laughs) repent, renew, rejoice, rebirth, repeat, recycle. Rihanna. Where'd you get repeat from? I just said it. Why? Well, because I said it's not as funny when you repeat the joke. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks. And then I had to repeat that joke. So reduce, reuse, recycle, Rihanna. Mm. Same energy, I think. For sure. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Russell makes amends with Kaylee by apologizing for closing the door before her family could make it to Riker's Keep. Yes. She accepts his fake sounding apology and everyone hugs thy neighbor except Clark who doesn't get hugs because she needs to go say sorry to Raven. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think this, this apology not only was performative- but deeply performative deep, in front of everybody yeah, as if deeply performative but i don't think kaylee accepts his apology oh no she's like oh thank you i think i think kaylee is gonna turn on him Ooh. i think she already because you can see it in her face yeah she just has this stone cold look like she has she's already plotting her revenge I hope. I'm forming a thought. One moment. So what do you think about the four pillars that they have built their society on? On the surface, they seem healthy. Okay. So repent, which is what we're doing. We're saying, so, so sorry. We're the worst. Mm -hmm. Renew. Start over. But rebirth means the same thing. Renew your bonds. Sure. With with people, maybe. Rejoice. Of course. Shout out to them primes, though. Mm -hmm. And then rebirth. But only for the primes, question mark? Yeah, I guess, like, the thing that I find difficult to believe and just wildly believable is that these people have made themselves deities and that other people willingly follow them. And for a minute, I was like, no one would ever do that. And then I was like, people do that every single day. Celebrity. Yeah, it's celebrity, politicians, religions. Like, if you believe in something hard enough, you'll follow it. But I think that... I think this is basically just a really charismatic cult. I'll do anything that Trixie Mattel says. And I know this to be true. I know that about you as well. Yeah. I might also do anything that a drag queen tells me to do. Mm-hmm. I have done things drag queens have told me to do. Yeah. And buy things they've told me to buy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's a different kind of cult, but we're still in one. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Are you? do you want some of my math? Oh my god, I would love math. Okay. So, first of all, why isn't Riker up there? 
right now we have um before Priya, we have five alive primes. Yes. It's a lot of I. I. But why isn't Riker up there? Not into it. Doesn't feel like it, I guess. <laughs> he I mean he said he was kind of tired of it all. It seems like he's the only one who's like who was like descended from a person who was a kid at the time. Yeah. So he can probably do whatever he wants, I yeah. guess. He's like, I'm a teen, mer. Uh, okay, so here is my math. So we've got five um, primes who are alive. Then we also had three other primes, Daniel, Faye, and Victor, who were alive before he had this. Mm-hmm. So that means we have four who were in waiting, including Priya, who takes us up to nine, and Josephine, which takes us up to ten. So that means we have two that are still in waiting. Later, um, later... Russell says that Josephine is still third in line, which makes me think these other two are boys, I guess. Well, one's Gabriel. No, Gabriel's not part of the 12. Why is Gabriel not? He wasn't in the picture. The picture is of 12 people. So then there's 13? Right, but Gabriel's off yonder doing whatever. Okay, okay. Right, Sorry, Gabriel is an outlier, sure outlier and should, it not, should be not have counted. been counted. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so there are Gabriel? five alive primes. Yes. Russell, Simone, Kaylee, Miranda, Riker. Yep. Three other primes, Daniel, Faye, Victor, and four in waiting, including Priya, Josephine. So we have two more, which I assume are men, because otherwise, how in the heck would everybody be okay with Josephine just skipping two? You know, like, they're like, Josephine's still third in line. Oh, well, no one's gonna care if we just skip everybody, you know? But I feel like they will care. If they do, then great. I feel like absolutely they'll care. I think only, I think the, especially given the math, that Russell presents later, mm. um, that they would have to wait something like, I think he said 56 years? Yeah, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, 56 years for Josephine. I think until now they've always observed the customs, but they're getting desperate right. in terms of the lineage. Mm-hmm. I think like, I think of it as, you know, being in line for the throne. Yeah. I don't know if that determines the gender of the two in front of her. If anything, that would confirm that they're probably... Wait, couldn't we just look at that picture of the people and decide who's who? Yes. We should do that. Sure. Cool. Let's just count how many girls and boys there are, shall we? All right. One, two, three, four, five, seven, seven, uh, 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 uh. Wait, one, two, one, twelve. Okay. All right. Okay, so we have those three. Oh, boy. We have the Lightborns, Riker, Priya. Miranda, which I assume is one of the women over here on yep. the left. And then you can assume the other one is probably Kaylee. Yep. And then it would be Kaylee, Victor, and Faye. Victor, Faye, and Daniel. Yeah. One of these men are Daniel. The other one is Victor, I assume. Okay. Faye is her, that little girl, probably. Yep. So then we have another woman mm-hmm. and this little boy here. Um, it might be. So a family, perhaps. So one of these women should be before Josephine. Yes. So whoever is in the family with that other woman who is in waiting as mm-hmm. well should be upset. Yes. That, that she... that. Because Clark should be whoever she is. Yes, I think this is going to create a huge conflict within the primes. Okay. Because who was who was Rose meant for? Rose was meant for whoever was next. One of those two, right? Not Josephine. So one of the final two was always going to have to be a woman. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, like, when Rose was born, Rose wasn't even meant for Josephine. No. Now that we're looking at the numbers? No. Okay, there are five men and seven women. Love that ratio. Um, so... Riker and Russell are, are the only, and then Daniel, Victor. Mm-hmm. So there's still one more boy who's in waiting, mm-hmm. who we are assuming is that little boy. Yeah. Unless, unless, unless he's Victor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless that little, the little boy yeah. is Victor and Daniel is the husband. Yeah. Which it looks like this is 
Faye's dad, so that must be that must be Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy in a, on a podcast when we're looking at the picture, but hopefully you guys, if you you should look at the picture too, and then maybe we can all figure it out together. Either way, okay. And then we have Simone, Josephine, Faye, Kaylee, Miranda, Priya, and then there's one other woman mm-hmm. who is unaccounted for. Yeah, and I think those two will probably be. They will, they will either be the key to something or not really relevant, but they will be the key to someone else getting enraged. Yeah. I'm guessing maybe Miranda. Yeah. You know, it's possible. It has to be Miranda. It has to be Miranda because, because she, she was, was her with daughter. Rose. Because she was hanging out with Rose Duh. all the time. If it was your daughter's your daughter. turn. Yeah. Rose, doi, doi, hello. Rose was meant. We are so simple-minded. <laughs> we are so Deeply simple. stupid. Hey, congratulations to everyone for getting to listen to us be idiots. <laughs> Rose was meant to be whoever Miranda's daughter was supposed to, whatever Miranda's mm-hmm. daughter's name is. So Miranda's going to be pissed that Clark wasn't turned into Miranda's daughter, and they're going to try and make Maddie Miranda's daughter. Okay, when so they find out that she's nightblood, no, inevitably, Maddie has to be twenty-one. Yeah, but they're but I mean, she was like hanging out with Rose, waiting for her to turn twenty-one. So they're going to do the same thing with Maddie. So if you have. Miranda mad at Russell mm. and Kaylee mad at Russell Ooh. and Riker a little ambivalent. I don't know. Sounds to me like the start of a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if I was them, I'd be like, Russell, man, I gotta say, you killed me. You suck. You, uh, you killed me. So can't say we're friends. Yeah. What does Riker's keep have to do with Riker? I, I think they probably named it after him. Yeah. Or he found it. Yeah. Um, I would just like to say from the bottom of my heart, shout out for the Star Trek reference. That's it. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, I definitely think it's some kind of... He said close... Did he say close the door? Yeah, he did. And he was willing to close the door on primes. Yeah. Like four primes. Which is... Makes you wonder why they were late in the first place. You know? I think Kaylee's... Sorry, I'm bringing it back to the picture. I think Kaylee's family is the only one that has like four in it. Yeah. Because... And I don't know if... All of them had, no, Kaylee. And then these two kids, the boy and the girl in the front, are Victor and Faye. Mm-hmm. Daniel up there. So then this guy up here, one of the guys who's in waiting, must be Riker's dad? Yes. Okay. And then what's the tea with these women over here? So the two waiting are Riker's dad and Miranda's daughter, who must be a teen because yeah, she she's must be, much older. Yeah, she must be grown. Because she's not Faye. Yeah. Who's down here. So Miranda's daughter must be, like, older, and yeah. she must be one of those two. But then who's Miranda's husband? Because we've run out of m- men now. Maybe family includes just plain Miranda and her daughter. Yeah. And that's Yeah, that could it. be it. That could be it. Because we've got a family of four, a family of three, another family of three, and then we only have two left. Yeah. So Miranda and her daughter must be it. Yeah. I guess. Okay. But, like, Kaylee's family was in, like, is in, like, real danger. Like, his his apology would be better and like okay if like they had their heads and they had their like flames or whatever. They had their like, heads, you know. But if, and they had like their flames and everything, and they were yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they'll come back eventually, you know. But it's like it probably is very, especially when stuff like this happens. It's probably hard to be in the same generation as your family. You know, like Riker is clearly older than 21. He might be five years older than 21. He's been living five years, maybe five years at least without his mom. Yeah. Who knows how long ago, you know, like the nightbloods are so rare 
that it's like Josephine was six years ago and she was only and she was fourth in line. Yeah. So obviously at some point, maybe when Gabriel defected, a whole bunch of them died at once. Right. And that could be that he killed Josephine and he killed some of like two of the unnamed ones. Like we don't know yet. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Raven. Raven. Raven doesn't want to hear Clark's apology about leaving she and Shaw to McCreary or for Shaw's death. Apologies don't mean anything to Raven because she's a woman of action. Go hard or go home. She compares Octavia and Clark, which I personally think is unfair. Basically, we leave the scene with everything unresolved. Yeah. The only note that I made about the scene was Octavia doesn't pretend to feel bad about it, which is a dope line. But entirely untrue. I don't really agree with it. To be honest, I don't really have a lot of thoughts about this scene. I know that probably a lot of people do, so that's why I urge people to write in to us and Mm -hmm. uh, even uh, voicemails we would love to have about this scene. But um, yeah, to me, it's like I'm, I'm waiting for, and I know that she's grieving, and I mean, Shaw died like two days ago, but like- I, I mean, I, I know Shaw just died, but I'm just like, hey, Riker, want to come help bring Raven out of her shell so that I can like her again? Oh, see, I'm completely against that. I love this Raven. Really? I have the complete opposite opinion. And um, so I was reading Sam's review, which is Sam KCC on Twitter. You can read her 100 reviews on Telltale TV, and I urge you to. She was talking about how Raven has this perspective about Clark, in part because Clark is responsible for a lot of bad things that have happened to Raven, Mm -hmm. up to and including the death of two men that she's loved. And Raven has no idea what it's like to be Clark. Like, Raven even says to Clark, like, Clark and her impossible choices. But at the end of the day, Raven has never had to make one of those choices. It's always been up to Clark. Whether or not Raven had a say in whether it should be up to Clark, she has no experience in making those decisions. Raven has other struggles. Raven's been on other journeys, but she's never had the fate of humanity in her hands and had to compromise part of her soul for it. And that's what Sam talked about in her review. And I not only agree with it, but I completely understand why Raven's yelling at Clark. And I think a lot of people are going to hate this and say that Clark gets yelled at too much, blah, 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 blah. I understand that. But if you put yourself in Raven's shoes, she is hurting the same way that Bellamy was hurting, the same way that Octavia was hurting, all of these people, the same way that Murphy was. Like, you can't look at Murphy and say, I get why he's angry, and not look at Raven and say, I get why she's angry. I'm not saying I don't get why she's angry. I'm saying that she's not fun to watch when she's like this. But should she be fun to watch? No, I'm just saying that it's not as fun. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that the story is wrong. I'm not saying the character is wrong. I'm just saying that every time that she does this, I'm just like, oh, but where's Fun Raven? But then that takes away from the complexity. I know, but it's still not fun for me. Okay. I'm doing Alexis hands. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just not having fun watching her when she's mean. I love it because I think we should let female characters be mean. I agree. Messy. I agree, but it's just not fun for me. Um, what do you think about Raven's opinion on Octavia? Do you think that she's right? What was her opinion on Octavia? Do you think that Octavia really doesn't feel bad for the things that she does? Um, yeah. Okay. At, at least I don't see that in her at all. Okay. As of yet. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, when Rose was like, help, they're monsters. She's like, same. I think Octavia feels so bad that she spends 100% of her time burying it. Well, she, like, freaking, if she felt bad about it, then maybe she would have helped Kane when she w- when she was so mean to him that he died, basically. But I think her guilt manifests itself in blaming other people. Because instead of taking responsibility for her actions, it's so much easier to project it onto other people. That's why she's so mad at Kane and Abby, and she's so mad at Bellamy, and she's so mad at Clark. 
She's going to blame everyone else for stuff because she doesn't want to accept that it's hers. Sure. I'm looking forward to the monologue in which she admits all that. I, I feel like that's actually coming. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. But I do feel like this was such an unfair thing to compare, like, with to Clark. Because they're just two entirely different women, Clark and Octavia. Like, it's not like Murphy and Clark where they're two sides of the same coin. Or this conversation which kind of mirrors that Bellamy and Raven are two sides of the same coin. Because when they're both hurting, they lash out at people that they actually love and trust. But I just think it's, there's no comparison to make here. And I think that's why we even made it. To be clear, also, it's not that it's because it's Raven who's being all, like, complaining and yelling. I don't like it. I didn't like it last episode when Murphy was doing it. I didn't, I don't like it this episode when Bellamy's doing it. I don't, like, like, it makes sense that they're doing it and everything. Like, it makes sense narratively. It makes sense character-wise and everything. But every time I'm just like, oh, let's all just be friends. Oh. On a post-apocalyptic show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next scene? Sure. Sanctum people write down their sins and send them in floating lanterns to absolve themselves of them. Clark writes down leaving Bellamy and Polis, which she tells him. She also tells him she's sorry, but he actually understands why she did it. Clark tells him that he's her family and they hug it out. Bellamy isn't going to do a lantern because his Octavia baggage is too heavy. I love this scene. Yeah, I have a headcanon that's not um, actually a headcanon. It's just something that I think is funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Clark probably wrote down something really freaking random. Like when she was like... Like, I don't know, something about Jake or something about Finn. Like, something completely irrelevant now. And she just keeps going out to people and she's like, I wrote down, insert thing I did wrong about you. <laughs> so what? that's just, just to apologize for stuff. What if she just went, like wrote down, she was like, everything. Yeah. Or she's like, she, that encompassed all of it. She was like, <laughs> the breakfast sandwich I ate this morning, oof. And, <laughs> and, then, and then she goes over and she's like, Raven, I wrote down... Turning you and Shaw in. She's like, Maddie, I wrote down shock, la like, shock collaring you that Ooh. one time. She's like, oh, mom, I wrote down, you know, she, yeah. she, I wrote down this. And everyone's like, that's so sweet that that's the thing that you're most, <laughs> she's like, Stupid. sure. I know that a lot of people are going to have like big thoughts about, like, it feels like a lot of the, the beginning of this episode and, and everything up to like that five minutes mm -hmm. at the end was like little pieces of conversation that were very needed mm -hmm. and everything. It's Clark saying it, it's Clark saying goodbye she, but before she dies, but she didn't know it. But I I don't really know what to say about it other than what's been said in the scene. You know what I mean? I think that it's really fantastic that the show remembers the fact that what Clark did to protect Maddie was very, I'm not going to say out of character because they wrote it. It's in character. It's what Clark did. And, you know, whether or not you like it, that's the writing. But I will say that I like that they knew that it was a step too far. Mm. And so they decided to address that. I really like that this show is finally doing what everyone's been asking, which is for everyone to sit down, talk and say, hey, I'm sorry that I was so crappy to you. And I really like that she apologized for leaving Impolis. I like that they cleared the air and that now I think this sets up the fact that Bellamy is going to be one of the first people to figure out that Clark isn't Clark. Because mm. she has now said to him, you're my family. Right. So if Clark Josephine does anything out of the ordinary that indicates the opposite, Bella's going to be like, that's not right. Right. Because one of the things that we were wondering last episode was if... Um, you get, like, if you, like, partially have this other person's, like, memories in your yeah. brain, right? But Russell does say the mind is erased. And, like, he would know. Mm -hmm. So 
that's another thing is it's like Jordan's like, hey, Delilah, I have thoughts on that later. Yeah. Which, come on, but, and she's like, who you, you know? So it's like, Josephine's not even going to be able to masquerade as Clark. But I think she's going to try. Oh, she's going to try. But she doesn't know anything about Clark. She doesn't even know, like, she'd just walk in. (laughs) She'd she'd walk in and Russell would be like, that's your friend, that's your friend, and that's your friend. And she'd be like, okay. And she'd walk up and she'd be like, looking at her hand, being like, hi there, Brellamar. (laughs) (laughs) Bullamy? Hey, Rarvin. <laughs> and Raven's like, I'm still not talking to you. And Josephine's like, oh, great. One less person to lie to. Hey, um, Smurfo, I heard we're best friends. He'd be like, you're not Clark. <laughs> You're like, um, we're not friends. He, he would look at me like, why are you being nice to me? Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, uh, I mean, frick you, pushes. Yep. Oh, wait. All of Delilah's information's gone. All of it. But because Delilah spilled the tea to Russell and Simone before, they now have a whole catalog of all the crap that Clark's done. It was a perfect setup to put Josephine in her body. Oh, Thanks a lot, Jordan. Jordan, goddammit. That big old blabbermouth really got everyone into a lot of trouble. But Jordan just met Clark, like Bellamy says, three days ago. Yeah, but But, he's been hearing stories about her his whole life. Yeah, but stories doesn't doesn't tell you the nuances of who she is as a person. Everyone's still going to be able to tell who, like, knows her. Especially because the way Josephine talks and moves is very Very much more, like, millennial. Even Mm. though, obviously, she's not a millennial. I think she's from something like 2042 or something. Very valley girl. Mm. You know? Like, she's she's flirty. She's funny. She's got an attitude. And Clark is, like, she Clark is serious 24-7 until she gets on a dance floor. Mm. Which is beautiful for her. So I think it's gonna be so funny. But in terms of the Bellamy and Clark moment, I love that he got up to hug her. Yeah. Yeah. Because these two, I think they've only ever hugged like three times. Once in season two, mm-hmm. once in season four, and this one. I know someone's out there who made a gift set of all the hugs. Tell us about it. I think it's three. I'm gonna put my bets on three. As as someone who, like, the only thing she really ships on the show is like Cabby and Murphy and Princess Mechanic. Thank you for shouting out Murphy. Well, I it's for you. I'm doing it for Thank you. Thank you. Literally, um, when I thought they were gonna break up Becco, I was like, mm, so Murphy can rise. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I mean, and it's not that like I dislike these things. I just don't really care who like Bellamy or Clark sleep with as long as they're happy. Yeah. Um, so like I like Becco because Bellamy's happy. Yeah. And I like Clark when she sleeps with people she wants to sleep with because that makes her happy. Mm. So that's the extent of my involvement. So I, when Clark gets hugs, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, next scene. So Raven finds a mechanic shop decorated with anime. <laughs> it's because he's a teenager. I know. He's a child. Well, he at some point he was. Shout out to people who watch anime. I respect you. It's just not my thing. Yeah, it's it's not my cup of tea, but I know that it is a good storytelling medium. I have the power of God and, and anime, anime on, on my side. side. <laughs> <laughs> I have the power of the prime and anime on my side. I know that there are some anime shows who are that are freaking dope. Yeah. I have heard good things. I just don't watch it myself. And the main thing that I think about when I think about anime is that vine. Yeah. I think about um Sailor Moon. So Raven meets Riker, a handsome dude who can't get a motorcycle to work. I wonder where this is leading. Anyway, Riker's pretty son and he's kind of over the whole naming day thing because he's edgy. If this is a romance, I'm going to throw up. Why? Because I, Raven cannot go from relationship to relationship, especially with a dude who's probably destined to die. Aw, he, I like him. I, I like him too. But if Raven, Raven literally went from Finn's dead to Wick. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Wick. And then she was I alone. I try not to. <laughs> yeah. And then she was alone. And then she went to Shaw. 
and now it's gonna be Riker. And I'm like, how many people can you put Raven with? Let Raven be on her own and let her be badass. I still really like him and I hope that we still, even if he doesn't get with Raven, which would also be fine, I hope we see more of him because I think he's really cool. I think he's cool, too. I like that he knows how to ride motorcycles, and he has the power of God and anime on his side. I think, like, we're probably gonna get a lot of answers, maybe, from Josephine, mm-hmm. but um, if not, Riker seems chill enough to give us answers. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I am kind of ready to expose them. I like that he said that omen of death. Cool. And she's like, actually, that's a misconception. I thought that was a funny joke. I like that. I like that a lot. Next scene. All right. We're going to another party. I hope you're dressed for it. Clark attends a dance party and dances with Killian because it's what she deserves. Well, that of course, this was before she didn't deserve what happened to her. Echo tries to comfort Bellamy about his decision about Octavia and ends up getting verbally slapped by Bellamy instead. You're an ass, Bellamy. I just want to say for the record, even though he's an ass, I understand why he was doing what he did. But I'm still kind of irritated that... She did nothing and he just attacked her? Yeah, especially because that, uh, and I know that it's because they had to have their confrontation about it later, but like, it was basically just giving him what he told her was true. Yeah. Um, And she didn't say anything except, hey, if you're worried about Octavia, let's go get her. Yeah. That's all she did. This is the only part of the episode that felt clunky to me was this was manufactured conflict in order to get something out of Echo. Like, to make it make sense for myself, I'm going to say that, like, Echo probably was like, I need to put together my thoughts and not be rash and say something I'm going to regret, mm-hmm. so I'm going to walk away. Which is very mature, but I just made that up. But I think that completely tracks with who Echo is, which is, okay, you're in a mood that I don't feel like dealing with, I'm going to go. So, yeah. But, yeah, this definitely, to me, screamed... We need conflict here, so let's have Bellamy lash out because he's grieving. And I'm like, yeah, I buy that reason. But I wish that there had been a little bit more of that push and pull so that by the time Bellamy snapped, I could buy it. Um, I looked it up and this song came out in 2018. Dope. Which means that a song that came out in 2018 made it to this other planet, which is pretty cool. Well, I mean, the iPod. Yeah, I know, but that was like the earliest one on, or the latest one on that one, I think, was... Was radioactive, which oh, that's was true. like multiple years ago. That's true. Um, tag yourself, I'm Bellamy being awkward. Like just standing there watching other people dance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Octavia being arrested was not the last time he was at a party. He was at a party in season three with yeah. like Brie and stuff. Yeah, he made out with Brie. So what's good, Bellamy? Um, listen, he's just been to so many parties that he lost track of them. Okay. Yeah. I think the reason that Echo hasn't said anything about Monty and Harper, like she said later, is like she was taught not to cry. Yeah. But that also, I don't think she knows how she feels yet because she went from fighting to survive to years of peace, then a brief flash of fighting and then losing two people who she'd like become really close to yeah i wouldn't know how to handle that yeah when you think that what's gonna happen is that you're gonna have more peace more years of peace um and that you've won yep to waking up and found out that you lost big time and you know echo was it turns out echo was taken from her family when she was eight and she never was close to anyone who wasn't trying to use her for something and I also understand not knowing how you feel about Monty and Harper as well, because it's like, are we all grateful for what Monty and Harper did? Of course. Mm-hmm. Because they got us here, which is so helpful. Mm-hmm. But I would have a hard time not being angry also 
and Monty and Harper for um, doing this without saying goodbye to anybody, for making this decision without even, you know, even asking anybody else if they wanted to do it, for, yeah, just, like, not including anybody else in it, and um, for living a happy life, happy, as happy as they could be together, living out their days, which arguably is, like, the best, one of the best endings that anybody's gotten on this show. Yeah. And forcing everybody else to go into the unknown without that option. And Monty and Harper's reasons don't matter there. Like, the motives are absolutely, like, pure. Yeah. But if you're someone who's been in conflict her entire life, you'd be like, oh, I kind of begrudge the fact that I didn't get a say in maybe getting to live up my life in peace. Also, we know that Echo had a great time on the ring. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the best her life has ever been. And being on the... Elijah's ship like Monty and Harper would have basically just been like the rest of her life on the on the ring on the ark which is exactly as happy as she could possibly have been so yeah I don't blame her for being like cool I love getting thrust into more fighting when I could have had a long life doing the thing that I love doing and I mean of course that's us projecting we don't actually yes. know what Echo would want of but course. if we were Echo or anyone I think because grief is such a complicated monster it would a grief always includes anger yeah you know Mm-hmm. So I think if you look at it, sort of the space crew six, I'd say that seven, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The space crew seven are really the five stages of grief, mm. you know, and I think Raven's at anger and um, Echo's at denial and Bellamy. I don't know. Which one would you say Bellamy is? Let me, try. Let me make sure I know them all. Uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So I think Amori might be depression. Or John. I think Murphy is at depression, yeah. but I don't know if that's why. No. No, I think they embody those emotions mm. without it being about Monty and Harper. Right. So we have who left? Bellamy and Amori for bargaining and acceptance? Yeah. And I think Bellamy might be bargaining. Can you explain that? I think, I don't know. It just feels like a gut instinct. Yeah, sure. I can't, I can't explain. I wish I could. I wish that I knew what I was talking about. But... I think if you were going to pick from those two, Amore rolls with every punch. Yeah. Bellamy fights against everything. Uh-huh. So to me, that feels like bargaining and acceptance. I don't know if we've seen enough Amore this episode or this season so far to figure out whether or not she's acceptance or not, but I would love that. That'd be really interesting and be yeah. really cool. And I mean, it could be that they just embody those things about like being on the planet, having a new life, mm. the earth blowing up. Like it's just, it, it's a concept I ran with. Yeah. Next scene. This is a very short one. Raven gets the bike fixed. Riker invites her to join the celebration at the palace. So Riker invites her to join and says, you know, get dressed. And then Raven doesn't go? I guess not. Like, it's weird, right? This is the the last time we see Raven for the episode, right? Yes. Okay, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe she did go and we just didn't get to see it. I guess. So we're now going to split up into, there's a, the scenes are kind of jumbled together they're cut together and it works really well you know thematically but for a podcast it does not so we're gonna summarize the clark and killian side of things and then we're gonna do delilah and jordan and then go into like all of the mythology Mm -hmm. of stuff okay so clark and killian clark and killian hook up and then they chit chat after they hook up clark thinks sanctum is nice but killian tells her that there's two sides to every story and maybe he's not down with worshiping the primes clark wants to go see Priya merge she gets dressed and finds a drawing of our heroes which is basically a who and who's not of nightbloods he temporarily paralyzes her to stop her from freaking out 
And then says he's going to take her to the cogs, but the guards storm in and foil his dastardly plans. He slits his own throat. The cogs are like fully like, let's just kill all the nightblood. So he's basically like, I don't want to kill you. I guess I'll send you somewhere else to kill you. Yeah. And And then he says he's gonna, and then he doesn't. Yeah. He says to her that you'll be safe. Doesn't sound like it. It sounds like this whole kill the primes thing is new. When... Clark was like, shouldn't you be down there? And he says, I'm exactly where I should be. You're like, oh, that's so cute. And then you like watch it back and you're like, I love manipulation. <laughs> Great. Um, he only wants her for her blood. Like, was, was him sleeping with her like because he wanted to sleep with her? Or was it because like, I need to manipulate you slash get you alone? A little bit of both. I don't like that. Yeah, it's really gross. Um, I would love for Clark to be able to sleep with someone who... Doesn't end up... Oh, Nyla's still Nyla. alive. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really weird lesson to teach Clark, which mm. is if you get close to anyone or sleep with anyone, they die. And I'm yeah. like, uh, what? I knew that Killian was the guy who drew the pictures as soon as I saw his walls. Yeah. As soon as they, like, zoomed out to show more of his walls, I was like, I, I, it's like, him. That's an artist. Yeah. And Those it just got... were stunning, for the record. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, we saw the pictures. And we had said last episode, we said it needs to be somebody who knows their faces really, really well. And who is, like, in with the children yeah. of Gabriel, right? So it's, like, very important. Um, why does he know Gabriel's favorite play? It's banned by the primes, which is interesting. Yeah. As a theater major, do you want to talk about The Crucible? Sure. The Crucible is a 1953 play by American playwright Arthur Miller. Okay. I fully did... didn't know she had this ready to go, by the way. I just took a shot. <laughs> <laughs> who also did Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. It is a dramatized and partially fictionalized story of the Salem witch trials that took place in the Massachusetts Bay Colony during 1692 and 1693. Are you proud of me the way that I pronounced Massachusetts? I just don't know if I've ever been able to pronounce that. Wait, what? It's a long word. Okay, then yes, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I think because I've been to Massachusetts, I just assumed that that was something you would know, but you haven't been to Massachusetts. Why would you know that? Is Massachusetts as hard to say for Canadians as Saskatchewan is to say to Americans? I feel like no, but let's ask some Canadians. Because Saskatchewan is so easy to say. My favorite thing is when they... Uh, want to read the capital of Saskatchewan and they're like, oh yeah, Regina. And I'm like, no, 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 guys. Rhyme it with vagina. Mm-hmm. Regina, vagina. It's a joke for all of us. Don't worry. Why do you think that it was banned? Be- just because it's Gabriel's favorite. Okay. Or because there's something within the Salem witch trials that would resonate too much with the primes, mm-hmm. such the people who are being controlled. I don't know if control is the right word, but the people who are underneath the primes that could cause a mutiny, maybe? Well, I mean, it very much was a population following the fear tactics of a few religious zealots, basically, Mm -hmm. who wanted to kill women. Yeah. And I just described our modern day. I'm sad. So yeah, that's banned. So I'm going to talk about the drawings now. Yeah. So the drawing on, so all of the people who are on this drawing, Octavia Clark, Abby Murphy, Maddie, Bellamy, and Echo. Yes. Octavia, Murphy, and Bellamy are all ruled out as nightbloods. Abby, Maddie, and Echo are unknown. Why didn't he draw Jordan or Amori? Another sheet for Max and Dioza, Gaia, Amori, and Jordan. Good point. There's a lot of one people that aren't drawn. Yeah. So I wonder what made him focus on those specific people. Okay, can I make something up? Yeah. Um, so he did the f- the ones that are X'd out because he's like, I already know those ones. Mm-hmm. Let's draw. <laughs> like, I love how he, he could have been like, 
oh, I don't want to waste my time, Octavia, X, Bellamy, X, Murphy, X, great, and then continue on to the actual people, but the dude likes to draw, so yeah. go, go off. Um, then he knew Clark, so he put that in. Um, he knows Abby. Yeah. Because they were together at the medical thing, so there you go. And then I assume Maddie was just kind of like the next person. And it could be that they left too soon, and he- Was had- Raven on any of the list? Raven wasn't even on the list. No. Okay. So- That basically paints them as targets, because if you don't know what color their blood is, then... You gotta make them bleed. Yeah, someone's gonna have to find a way to make them bleed. Yeah. I think for people like Murphy, um... They don't need to. He's okay. They've already got his... They already know. And Miller had his arm sliced. Yeah. So you should be able to tell that pretty quickly. Yeah. But who's gonna do it now? There's no one inside Sanctum. Good. So maybe that won't come back at all. What I do think will come back is him putting gel on to get through the radiation shield. Right. He very purposefully, like, tells us, I'm putting this gel on, hopefully it'll be enough to get me through the radiation shield. And if I'm like, not, oh well. I'm like, okay, um, so that, someone's gonna do that later. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing Clark. She don't have to, she's on night blood. I'm guessing not Clark. Okay. I don't know, someone's going to. But that means that the children of Gabriel have come up with something to combat the shield. Mm-hmm. So, maybe Gabriel himself. Mm-hmm. We shall see. One of the things that Killian says once the, like, lanterns go up, he says, how many of them wrote down murder? Who are you talking about? Yeah, who's who's getting killed? Do you think he's talking about the primes? Because he feels like every time that someone gets primed, they are being murdered? I think so. Okay, so yeah. there you go. Um, and then, bye, Killian. Glad that I didn't have to worry about how to spell his name for too long. I'm also glad that he didn't stick around, because I kept getting he and Riker mixed up. How dare. I don't know why, though. Good. Oh, I just want to say for the record, Eliza Taylor looks amazing in that dress, and I want to congratulate her on her existence. So, now we're going to move over to Delilah and Jordan. Delilah has Jordan hand her off to the primes. She accepts her duty, but first she has to kiss Jordan one last time, and then she enters the palace. Delilah went in, but Priya comes out. They release their floating lanterns to purify their sins. Jordan wants to greet Delilah, but she can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. Priya hugs Riker, and Jordan is heckin' confused. So, a couple things. Delilah's full name was Delilah Janice Workman. Wasn't that the name of Workman? Yeah. Uh, are you talking about Lost? Is that where I think it's from? Maybe. Yeah, that's where I think it's from. Well, our friend Jess, who is at You Overcome It on Twitter, tweeted me and Joe Garfine to be like, Workman? Eh? I think so. Um, because there's a character on Lost whose last name is not Workman. Yeah. But his uniform says Roger Workman. That's his his job. Yeah, as his job, because he was a janitor. And Hurley spends a lot of time thinking that his full name is Roger Workman. <laughs> Until Sawyer's like, Workman, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, I don't know if that, that might not be a reference. It's just funny. Um, Janice, though. Janice. Janice. That's a choice. Yeah. I have some questions about Delilah's slash Priya's makeup. So, she goes in with a baby face. And she comes out with cheekbones carved to the gods. So, like, while you're getting primed, do you think that they do your makeup for you? Or Priya does her own makeup. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because she had, like, gold eyeshadow on. It was really pretty. It's hard to, like, do contouring correctly when you just got a brand new face, though. So she must be real talented. Yeah, she's probably an expert at it by now. I mean, she's had eight bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Delilah tells Jordan that he doesn't want her to be the face behind the glass. She doesn't want to be. 
Delilah tells Jordan that she doesn't want to be another face behind the glass. Uh, we said earlier we don't entirely know what she meant by that, but it does make me wonder if there's hope for Delilah. Yeah. Like, maybe she's still in there. Because, I mean, as I said before, I think it's less a consciousness wipe and more of a suppression. Mm-hmm. So maybe Jordan's journey is going to be trying to draw Delilah out. Right. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I don't know how I feel, feel about that. About Jordan? About Jordan spending all season where his whole arc is just about this girl who he just met and spent one night with. I mean, that. I mean, it's just a theory. I, that might not be true. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? I'm still bitter about losing Ace Jordan immediately, to mm. be honest. Mm. So, anyway. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was uh, during one of the Clark and Killian scenes, we got a shot outside of the thing and they're like they're speaking but you can hear what they're saying in the background and netflix gave me a subtitle that was saying that one of that the miranda they have is miranda the eighth exactly and all of these other ones are the seventh so something bad happened to one of the mirandas yeah and maybe it had to do with gabriel slash mm-hmm. a nightblood came up really fast. That's possible. Like if there was a really, uh, there was a second nightblood coming really quickly, then it's like, as soon as a Miranda died, she'd be able to show back up pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, the next time it's like, there just could be a longer stretch in between nightbloods. Like imagine if all of the primes were alive and a nightblood was born and nightblood gets a 21 and they're like, we're all still alive. That's what I legit think happened is I think at some time they had a surplus of nightbloods. And then, and then the one of them- Gabriel started killing nightbloods. Yeah. And then one of them, one of the primes died and they were like immediately just like, well, now's your time. Sorry. Happy naming day. Let's go. And Kaylee's like, dude, dude, what the hell? What the hell, man? Yeah. I just, I love it. Priya gets a new outfit, is younger than her son. Younger than her son and her dress now has a cape. I am about it. Yeah. Very cool outfit. And like- the jewelry on like had that ready the adornments i love this i love that they're treated like royalty just because i love looking at it jordan i know for a fact that delilah told you about what happens in her naming day like like, i don't think he understood i guess not because like he's telling her everything and she was like yeah it's my naming day it's my last day i'm becoming priya blah 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 blah." yeah and he's still like hey delilah even though everyone's like (laughs) She's Priya now, my dude. She was like, I'm becoming Priya, by the way. Like, her that last kiss was like a goodbye kiss. Yeah. And he and she comes back out and he's like, oh, hey, well, see you later, I guess. Hey, Delilah. Like, what are you doing? My dude, hello. I don't think any of them understood what was really about to happen. I guess. You know? Like, how do you explain that? How do you, as a prime, explain to someone that you think has no knowledge of how the consciousness slash flame works? How right. that happens. Well, Monty would have had knowledge of how the how the flame worked, right? But maybe he wouldn't have told Jordan. I feel like he told Jordan most things. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. So, anything else for Jordan and Delilah? Okay, so time for the Becco talk. Yeah. Echo and Bellamy have a heart-to-heart. Bellamy apologizes for taking his feelings about Octavia out on Echo, and Echo confesses that she misses Marper. She's closing herself off because it's what she was taught to do in stressful situations. She tells Bellamy the story of her past, which she at one point said she didn't remember. So this is the story of Echo's past. When Echo was eight, Naya took their land. Echo's father was killed while resisting Naya, and Echo and her mom hid in the cellar. The guards started a fire to smoke Echo and her mom out of the cellar. Naya had those men executed, and then took Echo under her wing in... Troit. Troit, Troit. Toit, Toit. Toitin' ups. Toitin' ups. Bellamy and Echo make up and say they're going to look forward, not back. Echo's story until the fire is just Harry Potter. Oh my god! 
I hate that that's true. I hate that that's true. My, me and my mom hid while my dad died because he was um, protecting us. Yep. And then my mom told me not to cry or they would hear me. Yep. Okay. And yep. then they found us and they killed my mom. I love getting Echo backstory. And then somebody else took me under their wing and was unkind to me. Oh my god. And then she finally learned to love by having friends. She we was- love Bellamy who is Ginny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, but they were still, they were all, they were Asgeta though, right? They were Asgeta and then Queen Naya took over Asgeta. I think that they might have been another clan and she just absorbed that okay. clan. Right. Because because even though she was a spy, she didn't have like the markings and stuff. So it would still make sense if she wasn't born as Geta. Mm-hmm. And she turned into as Geta. Yeah. Um, Naya executed the men who did it. Wasn't it under her orders? Like what? I think that Naya said, take the stuff, but don't kill anyone. Oh, okay. And they decided to... What makes you think that Naya wouldn't want anybody to kill? She might have said, spare the women and children. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And then they sort of went too far. I've been waiting for this backstory, and I'm really pleased to have it now. I was wondering if they were going to bring up your... My theory! Your theory! My costly theory! Yeah, but alas. It's interesting that they're talking about Queen Naya, though. Like, it still could come up if it's, like, Echo's time, you know? I like that the show hasn't forgotten Queen Naya, even though I think she was killed way too soon. She literally had, like, what, two or three episodes, and that was it? She should have been the big bad of season three. And then Troy, which is Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, so this just furthers my assumption that Asgeta was up in Canada and they started to claim the land southward. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next note is Becca Lives Beach. Yeah, I, I like that they had conflict so that we could see them grow closer as a couple on screen. Yeah. It's not all... Uh, Flashback. Us, yeah, it's not flashback. It's not us hearing about their relationship. We are seeing them emotionally bond on screen in front of each other and it cements their relationship. Yeah, it's too bad that they had to have a petty fight about it, like, for it to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's worth it yeah. for what we got. And sometimes you do lash out at someone you know it's safe to lash out at because you're in pain and you think they can handle it. Right. And, you know, as hard as it was for Bellamy to do that, the truth is that Echo could handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think they're good for each other. I think that Echo being a positive influence on Bellamy has helped him cut his weird codependency with Octavius, helped him grow emotionally. I think this relationship is very healthy. And if you hold Echo responsible for trying to kill Octavia and you begrudge Echo that and that's why she doesn't deserve Bellamy, then you must also hold Bellamy responsible for killing Grounders. And that's why Echo shouldn't forgive Bellamy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to hold the sins of one so harshly against her, you must hold the sins of the other. And if you are judging the woman more harshly for being in a relationship than you are the man, even though they both have equal damage done to each other, that's just old-fashioned misogyny. I'm sorry. In my opinion. Because I've seen, there's so much Echo hate online. And I'm, I'm old and tired of it, you know? Echo's proved herself time and time again. Make it stop. But if you ship Murph me, I made a Spotify playlist. You should follow it. It'll be in the description. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Last scene. Oh, boy. This is the big one. Oh, boy. Clark is taken deep into the castle to Simone and Russell. Russell wants to use Clark as Josephine's new host. Clark's mind will be wiped and Josephine will take over her mind and body. She wakes up screaming and Josephine hath risen. There is so much in this scene. Yeah. I love this scene, by the way. Okay, skeletons. Oh, yeah. Okay, come through. 
Do you want to explain what you thought was obvious and which I thought was a genius revelation by me? Well, see, and then when you said it, you said nobody's talking about it. And I thought that nobody was talking about it because it was obvious, not because nobody had figured it out. I mean, maybe someone's figured it out. I mean, from what I've seen, I haven't seen anyone I know or read anyone speculating about these skeletons. Were there 12 of them? Um, I counted the semicircle, and from what you could see, there was six to seven, so I think when you finish the circle, it's all 12. Okay, cool. Yeah, so basically, the skeletons are the bodies of the original 12 primes. Yeah, it's like every body that they've been in. So, Russell is the last one. He was like, hey, whenever somebody comes back, do this to me, okay? That's so weird. I creepily did this to all of you. Like, what does preserving those skeletons do for them? Just, they're watching, I guess. And they also have plaques in front of them. So it's it's sort of like it's Because you can't freaking tell just looking at them. Yeah, it's like a ceremonial museum sort of thing mm-hmm. where, like, you honor the dead. Yeah. And then honor rebirth. their rebirth. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And that was not obvious to me. Maybe it was obvious to you guys. Definitely let us know. Um, is Robin an ass for withholding that theory? Let me know! Sorry! I I did not think it was a theory. I would like to tell you the part that made me laugh about this scene, though. Oh, you should. There's not a lot to laugh at in this scene. My favorite part was um, when Simone said, Hey, Jade is back, Rose is dead, and Russell just goes, Okay. (laughs) Because Russell, his mind was already elsewhere. He was like, yeah, we're gonna go get our kid back, though, so. Like, okay, so. Me. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to hear Russell's math? Yes. All right. So, Rose and Delilah were 14 years apart. If Delilah is 21, that means Rose is seven. Um, okay. So, anyway. So, Josephine was third in line, which means she'd have to wait past two other primes before getting a new body. That would take 35 years at best. They say they don't want to wait 56 years for Josephine, which is nuts because they're immortal. So, they have all the time in the world to wait for her. No, dude, but then, but they could die of old age and then they'd have to wait again. Josie would be dead by the time that there's more nightbloods for them to be. So, they want to be more in sync with each other. Yeah. Okay, I get that then. Okay, so mm, I retract my statement. Josie is still third. So, the person who most recently died was six years ago. Because if we do, like, all of our math and stuff, Josie was, like, last in line until Daniel, Victor, and Faye died. Mm -hmm. So the most recent Prime who died was six years ago, which is pretty good. Yeah. To be honest. And we had, like, quite a lot of them alive still before all this garbage started happening. Yeah, there were... So Gabriel Rose didn't manage to kill a lot of them. Rose wasn't even supposed to be Josie. She was supposed to be this other named prime, uh, unnamed prime that we don't have yet. Mm-hmm. Um, need to be 21. Yeah, okay. If she's third in line, the two other must be men, question mark? No, we did some thoughts. It's a man and a woman. Yes. Okay. Did they all get flames before going on Allegis or were flames made after they died? That's my question as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. We have no indication. Like, why would Becca give them all flames? Yeah. What would be the point of that? And also, you know, Gabriel had embryos, so they could grow new bodies with night blood, I'm assuming. Right. But even if they don't, um, this is sort of, I want a thought tangent here, but Abby can manufacture night blood. If they ever learn that Abby has the ability to manufacture night blood, it's over for everyone in Sanctum. The primes will just go nuts mm-hmm. and they'll just pick whatever body they want. There's another um, quote that I think was a direct callback to Lost. Okay. I don't know if it's as direct as the other one. Okay. But this this line in Lost is more iconic, so it could 
be even more, actually. Okay. Um, Simone says, after 236 years, just as we're on the break of on the brink of mortality, a ship arrives carrying this perfect vessel. This was meant to be. Okay? Okay. Um, the character of Ben... <gasps> my boy. Uh, tells Jack, main character, two days after I found out I had a fatal tumor on my spine, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. And then he says something like... Wait, let me find the exact quote, because I there's more about it that... that is really good. I see yeah. it, I like it, I got it, I want it. Two days after I found out I had a fatal tumor on my spine, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky, and if that's not proof of God, I don't know what is. <gasps> Who's looking for proof of not God? Russell. Russell was looking for proof that there was no God. Hmm. I just, I don't know if that goes together or anything, but. I'm intrigued whatever. by it. So, the big thing that happens here is that we lose Clark. What do yeah. you think? Um, about losing Clark? Yes. Sad. Like, do you. But- about this happening? Yeah. This is cool. Right? This is super cool. I'm, am I sad to lose Clark? Yes, but I assume we're not actually losing her. No, oh my god. Like, some people are thinking that, like, her mind is still around and everything. My theory from last um, episode was that she's now going to be in the flame with Maddie. So I know that she's still going to be around. It's Clark. Yeah. Um, but this is heckin' cool. I love it. Do I hope that for next season, which we know that there's going to be, that we get Clark back and then we're not stuck with Josephine for the rest of the series? Obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for right now, this is heckin' cool and I'm I'm into it. But our friend Jess, who is at You Overcome It on Twitter, um, she said, wouldn't they notice that she already has a scar back there? Oh, yeah. And it wasn't on... Also, it's harder to cut through scar tissue. It wasn't there, so I think maybe they just kind of forgot that that happened to Clark. I guess. I mean, it's the same thing when we saw Abby's back in 402, mm-hmm. and she didn't have any shock lash scars, and I was like, weren't you, like, electrocuted, like, a bunch of times by the guy that you just boned yeah <laughs> like uh, what up with that uh and then she screams because she remembers her last death i guess so uh, the thing that i really liked about this is like now we know she really was pushed right yeah so I wait have, what like, makes you think that she's pushed just because she's screaming and if because I fell he says off you're of- not falling yeah but that doesn't mean she was pushed Okay, but dramatically, if you're going to write a story where someone dies falling, yes. what's going to be more interesting? She trips over a rock or someone tries to murder her by pushing her off a cliff? Obviously. Yeah. But I still don't think we have explicit evidence of that yet. No, no, no. I'm just assuming based on... I'm a really smart person. Oh, okay. I'm a really smart person with a lot to offer. Mm. Other things. I love that this show was bold enough to be like, hey, we have an incredible actress. Let's replace her for a bit and give like this actress the ability to act out someone completely new. I love the orphan black of it all. Yeah, I was going to say it's very orphan black and I'm I'm so here for it. I don't know if anyone's mad about it. I haven't seen any reactions that anyone's been mad about it. I think it's fantastic. I think if a show chooses to have their main character freaking disappear for a bit and then assuming that this happens, have her fight for her own brain. I love that. And there's no detriment to Eliza Taylor. So I think go for it. If anything, Eliza gets to do something completely new. It's a different type of acting. She doesn't have to be the burdened Clark. She can be the sort of wily Josephine. Yeah. I think it's cool. That's fun. Yeah. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic sass watch, which is our favorite line award. And mine goes to Rose and Octavia for... Monsters. So Oh, she's edgy. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a... Honorable mention to Simone and Russell for... Rose is dead. 
Okay. 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 Neat. Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mine goes to Dioza for... Beginning of a beautiful friendship. Because it is. And my segment is I, I it used to be the Clark Griffin shower watch, then it was Octavia Octavia Blake shower watch, but I don't think Octavia's ever gonna shower or wash her or brush her hair, so whatever. Um now it's which MILF was the most badass? Dioza. Duh. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say in terms of badassness, also Simone, but because she's evil badass. Mm. But yeah, Dioza. Pregnant woman rode a motorcycle. Yeah. That's so badass. Cool. Um, now it's time for my other segment, which is the Most Valuable Protagonist Award. My MVP, I kind of want to give it to Dioza. Like, I know that she's yeah. in a, she's in, like, the smaller storyline and everything, but I feel like a lot of the things that were happening in the main storyline was mostly just conversation, which I support. Um, but narratively, and I would give it to Octavia, except her objective went, ugh. No, slap some respect on Dioza's name. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to give it to Dioza because she saved them. And yeah, so I guess, I I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is the MVP this week is Dioza. Nice. I support it. I love it. I'm for it. I see it. I like it. I got it. I want it. Now it's time for our trailer reactions. Mm -hmm. Nope. Marcus Kane beard appreciation. Ah, but that idiot's still frozen. And how many episodes is the last murder? Oh, gosh. Womp. Still didn't get back, didn't get up to one. Yeah. Whoops. That's um, sad. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. Okay, let's do it. What trailer you say? All right, here we go. Uh, now it's time to react to six seconds of barely moving images. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, play. These people are happy. They don't. I like that we can see the skeletons better, so definitely going to take a look at that. We have to keep it that way. Who was that girl? I absolutely have no sound at all. Oh, neat. I love that for you. I didn't even listen to what was said. I would like to hear what was said. These people are happy. They don't know what we are. I'd like to keep it that way. Hold, please. Okay. Um, frame by frame we go. Hold God, on. these skeletons are scary. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's an infinity one, two, projected three. onto the floor. So there's 13? Yes. Around the circle. And then past that is more and more people who have been that person. Yeah, it's like their gotcha. their lines. Interesting thing is that it looks like the first skeleton is the body that they died in. Because one of the front ones is shorter. Yeah, and obviously it's a child. must have been a child. Yeah. I wonder if early in the early days, like when it was a child who mm -hmm. passed away, like the first, like, um, for example, Riker the second. Mm-hmm. If they waited for them to be like 10 or if they or like 14 or whatever he was, or if they waited for him to be 21 as well. They probably waited for them to be 21 as well. Yeah. Uh, so this thing, the in the background is Murphy and Bellamy. Oh, I love to see a Murphy. So that's going to be interesting. And they look really creeped out. And then what's this green gas in the forest? Is that the anomaly? Um, One moment. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> Murphy and Bellamy are like, cool, what the heck? Interesting. These doors are like everywhere, so it's hard to figure out where they are. Because yeah. it's like always the same fancy door. Um, okay, yeah, that's like the anomaly or something. Cause it's supposed to be like an aurora, right? Or something. And just reminds me of the acid fog. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Who's who that? Is that I think that might be Josephine. Okay. But she clearly remembers being murdered. Yep. And then who's this? I think that's the second Josephine. The second Josephine? Yep. Or the Josephine that she just was before she died? Like, are we getting a flashback to when she was pushed? I think we're getting a flashback to when she first woke up in a new body after she was murdered. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, okay, I can see that. And then, um... It's interesting that she keeps getting, if the, if this is what we're saying it is, that mm-hmm. she keeps getting blonde women. Yeah, I, yeah. Which but is, like, and it's it's clear that, like, race, no one else does, that. does not play, race and, and, like, looks don't really play into no. much of anything. It's really only gender, it seems like, is the only thing that's, that's, that's and a I'm thing. Like, okay, but whatever. Okay. I mean, we don't know. It, they could have... Here's the thing. This is not Clark killing Kaylee. Yeah. This is Josephine killing Kaylee. Why is Josephine killing Kaylee? And it looks like Simone does not care at all. So. Is she, is she killing Kaylee or is she doing something else? Because she might be pushing the knife past Kaylee. Because here's the thing is that like what they did was, um, they like put that syringe in the side of Clark's neck and that's where she's stabbing Kaylee. Yeah. What is she holding? Um, but also, this is the this is the same night because this is what Kaylee was wearing at the party. Yeah, and Clark's back in the or uh, Josephine's in the dress. You're right. That doesn't look like a knife. It looks like a syringe. There it is. Yep. There it is. All right. Yep. Wow! Congratulations on all six seconds of that promo. Yay! Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is terminal, but good news tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those, and we also have a survey. It is just perpetually open. It's in the description of this, and we just love to hear some things that you like about the podcast and some things that you don't like about the podcast, so we know what to change. And I'm sorry, we can't change how similar our voices sound. Yeah, sorry. There's not really much we can do about it. Um, yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. And you can also find The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on that feed. For Riverdale, we just finished season three. And for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, we've done season one, Sans Christmas Special. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of content on that feed if you're looking yeah. for more content, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Lost, which, duh, we like to talk about that show, too. We are in the middle of season two, slowly just making our way through there. But that's our longest podcast, and it has the most, other than this one... Like, these two are the two that have the most um, smart, super smart thoughts in them. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. We are finishing season one in preparation for season three. Oh, my God. So exciting. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. I do work really hard on our Tumblr, though. Please follow it for gifts of our favorite line awards. And um, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash the If you're so inclined, please consider donating because this is expensive. Yeah, it's real expensive. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. The next episode is episode 605, The Gospel of Josephine. Sounds great. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm already excited. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.